You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And let's get it going. Look, I'm just trying to be alright with it, yeah I'm just trying to be alright with it, yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it I think we should take a ride with it I'm just trying to spend the night with it, yeah I just want to be alright with it, yeah For a stretch, it honestly looked like we weren't going to be doing this episode at all We were going to be doing a, a season wrap-up without a champion, without anything at all Because, obviously, the protests we originally planned to do our preview for the Raptors Celtics series for the game one, which would have been Thursday. But obviously the protests across the league threw things off and there was the, hi- the brief hiatus. And now play has started again on Saturday. Celtics are set to go on Sunday. But at first, um, at first guys, I thought I did think for, for one point when we saw, I think it was Shams tweet out that a star was talking about um, like alluding to, or we said he'd, we'd come too far. I think it was time. I remember that correctly. We'd come too far to, to not finish what we started. Something to that yeah. And everyone yeah. thought it was LeBron immediately. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, that's LeBron. But once we heard that LeBron had stormed out of the meeting, I thought maybe it wasn't him that said it. And maybe there's an actual chance that we're not going to see the, the season concluded. Did you, did you think it was something else like it turned out to be? It was weird. Depending upon which reporter you follow on Twitter or talk to, LeBron was either the bad guy and like stormed out of there, or LeBron was pissed because there was no plan, and that's why he walked out. So I could see either happening. <clears throat> um, if LeBron walked out because uh, he wanted the season to be canceled and the rest of the 30 teams, besides the Clippers and the Lakers, said, no, we want to keep playing – that kind of goes against like what everyone thought, right? Like everyone thought LeBron would be the one guy, you know, saying we have to play and the rest of the league saying, no, we don't. So that was surprising to me. I don't really know the truth. It was interesting to see what Stephen A. Smith's uh, reported yesterday, which I always kind of thought he was a LeBron guy. Did you see this on uh, first take? I did not see the LeBron thing. Oh, wait a minute. No, I think I heard it. Okay. So Stephen A. Smith says LeBron left players and owners quote turned off. He said, quote, this is Stephen A. speaking. He was speaking out of pocket and was talking to players in a fashion that really turned off some of these young cats. Uh, he came across as if he was the king with some sort of crown. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, fu- it's funny because I'm listening to him talk about it, Stephen A. And it's like, wait, well, wait a second. You, uh, you're, you're surprised by this? The players, the young players are surprised by this? I get it. You know, some of these guys are, are like kids, essentially. And you're surprised that LeBron, who you literally nicknamed King James, is talking to people like that. Like he knows better and he's been around and all this stuff. First of all, he's been in the league for a long time. He's seen a lot of shit. And then he's put on this pedestal above everybody else. Matt, I don't know how that would surprise anyone that he's talking, I guess, in a in a condescending tone. What people were really shocked about it? Yeah, apparently. Stephen A says they were at least. Yeah, well, I'm not shocked about it. Uh, I did, I I did hear that he was like upset that uh, the Bucks stormed while well, boycotted without telling anybody. Yep. Yeah. 
That's what Shams reported. Right. The problem. The problem is, like, again, it's like anything these days. Like, it's hard to understand what's real. I'm not saying that's not true, but like, I heard the Pat Beverly thing. Like, uh, that was Ooh. reported. That happened in the meeting. But I heard uh, Zubak said that he never said any of that. Like, there's people that come back and say, "Oh, that's not true." So it's like I don't know what to believe half the time now. Yeah, it's a it's a mess down there for sure. And with the Beverly stuff, he was asked about it in some some capacity, and I, he said again, I'm paraphrasing here, that you know family family fights sometimes or family disagrees sometimes, and it sounded like they made up. But for him to say anything to the effect of that we pay your salary, it's like, well, that sounds like someone who's really out of touch because don't the fans pay your salary in the end? Like, yeah, I so I mean to to, and I'm not saying it means you can't you can't do you can't protest or anything like that. But it's just where you just somewhere there's a disconnect in Beverly's mind, and I think, I obviously they made up or it sounds like they made up at least. But for me, I feel like that will, that's something that won't be is easily forgotten. Maybe maybe it will because it's just Pat it's Pat Beverly and not Russell Westbrook or somebody like that. Ty, I don't know. It sounds like the way Stephen A is speaking that players don't respect LeBron James. Yeah, maybe. They don't like getting talked. Guys don't like getting talked down to, especially high-profile athletes. Period. But like, imagine if that's Michael Jordan. Like he was obviously in those discussions. But let's take it back 20 years ago. Like when Michael Jordan was the face of the league, and he spoke. Like I would assume guys would listen. They wouldn't be like, "Oh, who is this guy trying to act like he's the king?" Like mm. it, the, I think the players kind of revealed themselves here. Stephen A. Smith basically saying, "Like but the players, when LeBron was speaking in the room, the players were looking at LeBron like, who the hell are you?'" That's what they were pretty, pretty much saying. Like, yeah. I don't think this is LeBron's league anymore in terms of in the eyes of the players. Like, this is Giannis's league. Like, Kawhi was apparently a big voice. Jalen Brown was a big voice. Yes. They didn't say that about any of those guys who spoke up in the room. It was right. LeBron who they were pissed off at. Yep. And I, I do wonder. But I don't, I if, don't think LeBron – sorry to cut you off, Nick. I don't think LeBron's – it's ever been, like, his league in the sense of guys, like, the way you described Jordan, I don't think it's ever been like that for LeBron. I mean, it's been his league in the sense of like he's been the On best the court, player. Yeah. But I, I, I truly believe that guy. I don't know. I just don't think guys really listen to him like like they would like like a Michael or a a Magic or I don't know. Uh, you know what it is, Matt? They but. see him as a phone. They see him as a phony. They see right through his shit, like all of us do. And they, yeah. and they don't think he's genuine. That's got to be what it is. I mean, why wouldn't they respect the best player in the league for the last 15, 20 years? Yeah, I, don't, I agree with you. I, there's, probably, there's probably – I mean, obviously, we don't know what's said behind those closed doors. True, but I, true. I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I mean, I think they see the same stuff. I, I know he's a phony when it comes to some stuff. And, so, and he, I don't think he's a real leader. That's that's the thing. He ain't a, like Chris Paul is more of a leader than he is when it comes mm -hmm. to all that stuff. That's why he's the president of the whatever. Chris Paul has done a great job, I think, from based on everything that's gone on so far, the, all the ups and downs the league has had. Chris Paul has to be the middleman. I think he's done as good a job as you can ask for. And it's and, and you look at what he's done in, in um, OKC as well. Of course, like I've I've gone and said that I my opinion has changed of Chris Paul immensely over this past year. But you brought up Jalen Brown too, Ty. He's not getting that criticism because if there's anybody who's invested in all of the social injustice movement and everything that's going on among the players, it's been Jalen Brown. And then somebody did report that he was like, we can't just stop and just go home. If we're going to stop, we have to do something more. We, it cannot just end here because it's not going to resolve anything. And I do wonder with LeBron, it's, it's a small thing. But it's a in in the grand scheme of things, I think it could be a big thing where you guys talk about him being a phony. Do you think it's an issue 
for players where um, Jalen Brown has a message on the, on the back of his uniform and you know all the Celtics, all these guys on different teams have messages. And I know there are some who don't, but LeBron, who has spoken out so much in the past about these sorts of things, he doesn't have a message on the back of his uniform. Do you think that that bothers or, guys at all? Or that he never went – I mean, again, I, I'm not saying this is from me. I'm just saying from maybe their perspective because I don't judge you if you don't go out and protest. But, like, a lot of those big-name NBA guys went out and protested, and LeBron, LeBron didn't, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's kind of what Jalen Brown's coming at. Yeah, I mean, it's just those guys in general, Ty. I mean, I would think. I mean, the the protesting for LeBron, I could see now. I could see how it would be difficult for him because he he's so easily recognizable. I mean, he's LeBron James. However, Kyrie, as much as we you know criticize him for a lot of different things, he was at at least one protest because he shared a video on Instagram Live. I saw part of the video. He was out for at least one protest, and he's a guy who obviously he's not LeBron, but he is the very easily recognizable player. Um, for for any fan, I mean, anybody outside the game, I think, don't you, Ty? Yeah, I do think it's a lot easier for a guy like Kyrie Irving to fit into a crowd than it is LeBron James. Kyrie's like six two. LeBron's, you know, would be would stick out like a sore thumb in any crowd. I don't know if his lack of protesting, you know, is resulting in maybe the lack of respect from the players because LeBron, as much as I hate him, he has done a lot of stuff for America. He's he's opening up schools and yep. helping underprivileged children and sending kids to college and doing a lot of great things. So as much as I do not like LeBron, he is a good person in terms of like trying to create action instead of just putting a dumb message on his jersey. I'm not saying all the messages on the jerseys are stupid, but he is a guy who says, I'm not about just putting something on a jersey and not doing things. I like to create change and action and do something with my money. So I don't know. It is. It so, was kind of weird to see that people why, were LeBron, though. I don't get it. Why? Why were the Lakers and the Clippers the first two teams to be like, "We're done. We, we don't want to play anymore." I, I guess I never understood that. Yeah, it seems like. Go ahead. I think it might be related to Doc. Like Doc Rivers was super emotional. Yeah. Um, out there, L- I don't know if the Rodney King stuff and it being in LA maybe has more of like a heightened, you know, I don't know pressure to do something about it. I'm not, I'm not really sure why, because like it was weird that the Bucks were the first team to do it, sat out their game, and then they voted to finish the season. So it's like you're super strong, you started the whole movement, and then when it came time to put your nuts on the table to do something about it, you decided not to and leave it to the Clippers and Lakers to vote against it. But they also – they also – in the course of their protest, they didn't just sit in their locker room and do nothing. They went and called, was it the attorney general of Wisconsin yeah. and the lieutenant governor, governor, I believe it was. Yeah. So they went and did something with it. And and even then, Ty, like I, I get I get if the Lakers or whoever wanted to go and continue to do do more. But the question is if Jalen Brown is saying that where you want to stop and not and just stop and go home. That's not that's not doing what Jalen Brown would want to do. He would want to go and try and take more action, like he's proven that he's going to do. And I'm sure when the season's done, he will try and do things. He's still trying to educate people on Twitter. I I so for the in that statement that the Bucks made, as much as you some could say, even if forget the you take out the lieutenant governor stuff in that phone call, even stopping play like that for a day, which ended up turning into three days. That was still a powerful, powerful message too. I think it, it, yeah. it can, it's, you just come to a screeching halt after what happened. Yeah, and I, I do think that, like when Woj reported that one of the possible, you know, ramifications of you know boycotting the rest of the season 
would be that there would be a lockout next year. I think when guys learned about that, that's probably the Bucks' case too of why they didn't vote to cancel the season and why also LeBron reversed course is because if they canceled the season, they're not playing next year. There's a lockout. Like right. Numbers would lock them out, and there is no 2021 NBA season. So you have this season, which was cut in half with no fans, and then potentially no next season. That is going to cripple the NBA. That would right. have crippled professional basketball in America. I don't know what they would have done. I think solely because of that, that's the reason why we're back. Honestly, yeah, that's the reason why they're back. Yeah, I mean, when I saw that the, the that there's a possible strike, I was like, oh, there's no way, or a possible lockout. There's no way that this isn't going to happen because you have a chance, like 2020, 2020, 2021. God, okay, that's a mouthful. That season has a chance of being normal. Maybe you don't have fans at the start of all. I know that's something that they, they care about immensely, but the idea of starting off on the wrong foot there, it's it's not going to go over well for anybody, and the players included. It's just it, I think there will be a lot of frustration when this league has done as well as any to try and provide some sense of normalcy when it comes to the sport. I mean, just in these times, there's not much else you can do about it, but yeah, it's, um, but so did you, did you guys think that there was going to be like, Matt, did you think there was going to be a stop at all? Like, a, like, I'm sorry, this was the end of the season period at any point. I didn't because I, I had this debate with somebody about, um, would it be more powerful for the NBA? Would that send a clear message if they, boycotted the rest of the season. And I had a hard time saying yes to that because I think if they really wanted to send a message, they'd have to do it as a united front through all of sports, right? Because mm-hmm. if the NBA boycotted the rest of the season, now I'm, just, I'm talking about in general to, like, the country, not to the NBA players. I think it would have been a mess because, to your point, it would be, like, a, probably a lockout. would be, be, for the next season, be a mess. But And the NBA owners have done a lot and the league has done a lot. But I'm saying if they were going to do this to make even a more powerful message, they would need a front with all the professional leagues right. to then boycott their – Yeah, to see the Brewers come to a stop uh, to, to, to protest that game was, was actually shocking. And then, of course, other teams followed suit, the Dodgers and others. And then the NHL did it as a league. That was That's why when we look at, like, okay, the, the, the NBA stopped. But, no, it wasn't just them. It was everybody else. But you got, you're right. If, if, the, if everybody else decided we're not playing – because of what's going on, that would send a much louder message than yeah, just was, the NBA. It's not going to do. It was, it's not the same thing if it's just the NBA. It would be. It would be a powerful message because most the common fan would be like, "Well, the NFL starts in two weeks, so screw NBA if they don't want to play." You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I think if they really wanted to send a message, it would have to be an all, um, you know, sports league like all the professional leagues, you know, a movement. And if they did that, that would definitely, I think, have an effect. Yeah, it would. But I mean, now, you know, everything's coming back. But even then, you know, one other thing, Ty, I'm actually really curious what you think about this. The with this with the issue that that popped up with the shooting in Wisconsin, I saw a lot of people talk about Kyrie, you know, Kyrie was right, you know, this, that, whatever. And as much as, you know, through, through time, we've seen that, you know, Kyrie's like it wasn't what originally was reported where Kyrie was concerned about the wrong things in Disney World. He was concerned about the social injustice stuff. Now, when people say Kyrie was right, I, I still don't think he was right to not play because if maybe the guys would have been out doing stuff, but that stop and play for the NBA, at least for, for people who follow basketball closely, that stop in the NBA to me was was really loud because then because if you didn't have that then maybe like i said the mlb play mlb teams don't stop playing and uh, the nhl doesn't come to a, a halt for a day 
that was so like I still think that it was the right move for the NBA to start back up, no matter what anybody says. I don't think Kyrie was right necessarily in that vein. No, I, I don't I don't get that at all. Like there was a WNBA player, Natasha Cloud, I think is her name, from the Washington Mystics, and she's like, Yo, uh, a lot of people deserve an apology uh towards Kyrie Irving. They should apologize to Kyrie. He he was right about all this, he's woke, and I'm like, Well, the two main things he was saying was A, I don't want to go to the NBA bubble because I'm concerned about COVID nineteen. <clears throat> Which, if you look at the NBA bubble, it's been a rousing success. It's been like, I mean, it's exceeded expectations. Safest like, place on earth right now when it comes to COVID. Safest place on earth. And the, and B, the second thing was he thought that when players, you know, went to the bubble, it would diminish their efforts with social justice. And while that may be true, is there any single player that's not in the bubble right now that's doing anything for social justice that you guys can tell besides Kyrie Irving? Any of the eight teams that didn't make it to the bubble? Right. That's, that's actually voicing whatever they're doing? No. Nope. I don't know anyone from the Bulls. I don't know anyone from the Detroit Pistons. I don't know anyone from, you know, name another team that's not Warriors. in the bubble. The Warriors. What's what's Steph Curry doing? What's Clay Thompson doing? What's Draymond Green doing on TV? Right. He's not doing social justice stuff. So being in the bubble is keeping these guys having their conversations every single day. How can we do this? What are we going to say in the post game? Do we walk out like the Bucks do? Like, being in the bubble is the best thing for their cause. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I don't think Kyrie deserves an apology. It's not like he was a genius and forecasted all this. That makes no sense to me. Right, I agree. And actually, Draymond was one of uh, – he tweeted out when the, the stop and play happened. He was saying how guys don't realize that you need to continue playing because you have this place where now everybody can hear you, everybody can see you, and it, you know their platform or whatever. And I, it's such a buzzword that gets used all the time. It, it annoys me to a certain point now. But – it's true in this sense. You're not going to get a better chance. You're not going to be heard more uh, clearly than than now, where you have these games and then you can go and talk and and you know have messages on the court and all that stuff. But do you guys have anything else on that? Or are you ready to talk about um, Raptors Celtics? I'm ready. Ty, you good? Basketball, let's go. Okay, so. I thought coming into this that this, the Raptors, I, mean, I think everybody thought the Raptors were going to be in a little bit of trouble because Matt's favorite player on the Raptors was going to be, you know, he's dealing with an ankle injury. I thought he might actually miss game one. I mean, Ty, and you put him at what? The, the third most important player, third best player uh, in the series between the Celtics and Raptors? Kyle Lowry? Yes, sir. Uh, I'd have him three or four. I haven't done my rankings, but three or four is fair. We did the rankings a little while back. I know it was Pascal yeah. Siakam was your one and Jason Tatum was your two definitively. Um, I think those are one, two, maybe not necessarily in that no. same order, but not, not, not one, two. Who's one, two then? Matt? Oh, no, sorry. I, I, you, I didn't hear you say not that order. I, oh, okay. I'd, sw- I'd switch the order, but yes. I'd switch, I yeah. would switch the order as well. So now, so Kyle Lowry's dealing with, with an ankle injury. Nick Nurse said the day that we're recording this that he seems fine. But, Ty, how do you feel about um, him coming into the series with an ankle problem? How's it going to impact well, things? Well, to be honest, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think the boycott may have cost the Celtics the series because I have the Raptors, of course, before the, the boycott, I had them winning in seven. And so yeah. I didn't I didn't think Kyle Lowry was going to play on game one if it played on Thursday night because he didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice all the week before that. So I thought if he missed game one, that could help the Celtics steal the possible game they need to win the series. And so yep. with him now being, you know, the extra three, four, five days to get rest, I'm a little worried about the Celtics. I still have the Raptors winning in seven. This might be a hot take, but I think Fred Van Fleet is better than Kyle Lowry. 
No, he's been playing better than him. Yeah, he's, been Yo, he, he's he he might be to me in the if we were doing a top five like right now. Obviously, not career wise, Kyle Lowry has had a, obviously a way better career, but I honestly think he scares me more than Kyle Lowry. I think Fred VanVleet is playing at a really high level right now. Um, so I think and Norman Powell, that dude is that dude is yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. People forget about him, man. He scores like 17, that's, 18 a game. That's 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 an X actor right there. That dude, if he if he's getting going, that I think that that elevates the Raptors' uh, ability to play. I think it's a really honestly, if Gordon Hayward was if both teams were healthy, this would be a really good seven game series. I think both teams are pretty evenly matched, and it really is going to come down to how well Tatum and Brown play. I think I, I think Kemba will, will do just fine. I think. Um, probably a better matchup for him going against like Lowry and and uh Van Fleet because he's quicker and they're, they're all the same size like he's not going against uh you know last year's taller tall defenders but I, I think it's a really evenly matched series and I and uh like I said I I think without Hayward Tatum and Brown are gonna have to carry the scoring load as you saw in the Sixers series at some games they weren't really there was times that they they weren't really scoring because they they just don't really have that pop off the bench guys that can score no they don't marcus smart's another issue that we can touch on in a second but it's the first quarter that was the problem for the celtics in the series against the sixers every single time and then the sixers they mean they came out hot and then they slowed down but as much as i had uh, i was a little more concerned about the celtics going into the playoffs about how things would look like when they got to face toronto especially not knowing they were going to have gordon hayward the fact that they didn't have hayward throughout the entire sixer series while not ideal, I think was good for them to at least get that rhythm going. What is life going to be like without Gordon against the Raptors? Because you're not going to have him now at all throughout the course of it all. So I feel better about them. I feel pretty good about Tatum. I think Kemba, as much as you bring up the size thing, Matt, yes, it's good that he's not facing the guys who are taller than him. Obviously, height-wise, they're on the same thing. But physicality, when you're talking about Van Vliet and Lowry, that is an issue with for me with Kemba. As much as I the the knee problems are on what on what end of the floor on the defensive end. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I mean offensively, I mean like look, Kemba's he is what he is. I I feel like Kemba looks like the same guy that he was pre yes. All Star break, pretty much, right? He's getting the offense that he wants, but now he's going to deal with some physical defenders. Are you at all worried about that? Uh, no, because I mean, I think he can use his quickness. Like, I don't think any of those guys could really can really check him in the sense because I mean, they're going to use physicality to match up against his, his quickness because he's way quicker than both guys. It's really it, what really is interesting to me is what what they will do with like a guy like Ibaka. Are they are they switching ball screens? Are they going to do because what why Kemba killed it in the Sixers series is because Embiid literally stands in the paint and he doesn't hedge. So, um, I don't – I guess I haven't really watched – I mean, obviously the Sixers uh, – I mean, sorry, the uh, Raptors played the Nets, so you get to watch that a lot. I, I assume when Gasol's out there, they play it more like Embiid would. They, they probably have a guy trail, and Gasol kind of just sits. He doesn't probably hedge or switch. But I feel like a Bakker could switch. So mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bakker really, could switch. So it really comes down to that for Kemba, how successful he'll be um, in the series offensively because – most of his offense is pick and roll offense, and you know if they're switching it and Ibaka can hold his own, I think you know that that could cause a little bit of trouble. But um, I, I really, I, I, Lowry and Van Fleet don't scare me like 
locking up Kemba. I, I'm more nervous to do what they do on the other end. The big thing in this series is, I mean, a, a guy who we saw have some good moments throughout. It's not the big thing, but one of the big things is, is Daniel Tice. Because when you when I watch the Nets series, it's like, okay, well, they have Jared Allen in the middle of the paint the entire time. Like he's, he's playing most of the minutes because he's their only center and he doesn't stretch the floor at all on pick and rolls. They had an they had an easier time kind of slowing that down. There was one game where Jared Allen he got fouled I think twice, so he went to the free throw line a couple times, but he didn't log a field goal in the game at all. And I know you're real down on, on Jared Allen, Matt, but in general I think that with so when it comes to Cantor, he we may see his minutes go down. Robert Williams, how is that going to impact him? Because when you look at their style the style of play, him and Jared Allen are a little bit more similar I would say all around. Um, but Tice can help stretch that floor. But the other guy too is Ty, and I'm gonna, I want you to answer this, not Matt, because he's the pro Marcus Smart guy. How do you feel about him going into this series on the offensive end, where we've said he needs to help pick up the slack without Hayward? You just said Marcus Smart has to help pick up the offensive slack, and that's a scary statement. <laughs> oh no, that's going to be a lot of Marcus Smart, you know, do or die threes, where you're saying, oh no, 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 no. Oh, okay, good shot, good shot, good shot. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not a Marcus Smart offensive fan. He's a great passer. I hate when he shoots. So he's going to shoot more than, you know, with Gordon being out, he's going to be taking a much bigger role in this series. So we'll see. He didn't shoot that much in the Sixers series. You're right. He, no, he, he didn't he take a lot of shots. Yeah. But I think this game's yeah. going to be a lot more because, like, Matt, like you said, the pick-and-roll coverage, they would just sag and be to the lane. It gave the ball handlers a wide-open shot every time. I don't know but if that's that going to happen now. It probably won't when Ibaka's on the floor, but I would assume that well, Gasol, how Gasol, they cover it with Gasol. Gasol can't move laterally. So I'm assuming that will be the same pick-and-roll coverage for them. The, the advantage that I think the Raptors have in this series is they have a lot of long athletic wings that can guard. And how well – because I think Tatum and Brown, again, played really well in the other series. And you could you could argue that the Sixers have some guys that can that are good wing defenders, but again they they put in beat in a lot of like when Tatum went off, a lot of it was in pick and roll because again Embiid just doesn't come up, so he's getting jump shots. Um, but I think that changes in the series. I, I think that Tatum and Brown are going to have to cut, if they if they don't carry the load scoring, like Tatum Brown and Kemba like they did last series, they, you know this could be a really tough series for them because Toronto's got guys. That can light it up. I um, think with with Tatum too, the pro, like, I think he's going to run into he's definitely going to run into some better defense in this series because obviously no Ben Simmons in that in that series who would have been handling Tatum, who would have put up a better fight than Richardson did than than Thibel did. You're not now. You're going to be facing guys who can who are going to create a tougher matchup for him off this, the pick and pick and rolls or whatever. He's got to look for Jalen Brown throughout the course of this too. And to me, that's where when you talk about those two guys, who's got to step up. Yeah, Tatum's still going to get his offense and everything, but where we've mentioned before how Tatum's assist, assist count can be so low, I don't necessarily care if he's logging a lot of assists. I just care if he's making the right pass. And I think that Brown will be the guy who – I mean, he's – he won't be the guy who's open necessarily, but he's somebody he's going to have to look for because I think Tatum's going to have a tougher time getting to the rim, getting those open shots like he like he was getting against the Sixers side. Yeah, and he's going to have Pascal Siakam on him. And yep. don't forget about OG Ananobi, my guy from Indiana. He's going to be on Jalen Brown. He's in a, he's in a really good defender. He's a great athlete um, coming off that knee injury, but dude can guard anyone. can guard anyone and can hit threes. He's a three and D guy, so 
I'm really worried about that matchup, man. I know it's Brown and Tatum, and not many people in the league can slow them down, but Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi is a pretty tough pair to score against. They're long, they're athletic, they're quick, they're smart. That, that team plays really good help defense, so this is going to be a really tough uh, series for the, the Celtics, especially offensively. And they have experience. I mean, yes. these guys have as much experience as anybody, more than the Celtics, as much as these guys have, have been – this far in the postseason, the Raptors have won before. They have an idea of what it takes, and they're a scary yeah. team. So, what, I mean, so do you guys say it comes down to Tatum and Brown is the key for the Celtics? At the, I mean, I know it always oh, kind of is. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that's the easy answer. I do think it. It depends uh, what they get off the bench. Like, what kind of production do they? Does Canner play as well as he did in the Sixers series? Because um, I think he can go and get. He can play minutes. He can play against. He can match up against Gasol. I, I, that is what I'm curious about is who performs off the bench because they need bench scoring. They, they do. Mm-hmm. Or they're not going to keep up. And because to me, the X factors for Toronto are is Van Fleet and uh, Powell. I think those two guys, if they get going, it just because obviously you know what you're going to get from Lowry and you know what you're going to get from uh, Siakam. But if those two guys get going, you they have to, the Celtics should – I think their main focus should be trying to limit those guys because they're explosive and they go I, off. I do wonder how much Cantor's going to play in this series. Honestly, I mean, we saw him do a lot in, against the Sixers and he did well. He fought, he didn't allow Embiid to get inside easily. Now, it could have Embiid probably have done more. Yeah, but that's how Embiid is. He, he did Cantor did what he's supposed to do for the most part. Tice is a guy who I, I seriously think, I mean, because Gasol will shoot from outside and I think that will help Tice in some ways that plays his strong suit a little bit more. But offensively too i don't we saw a lot of apprehension from him in that series and while he had i think a couple nights where he logged double digits at least one that pops off the top of my head i think he needs to be finishing in double figures if the celtics are going to be you know are, are going to contend in this series he's going to be it's going to be a tough defensive matchup throughout all this too i think that's the other thing that does play without hayward that does help who's the first forward off the bench is it grant is it shemmy is it romeo it's grant it's it's got to it's got to be Grant, or I'm okay with Romeo too, depending on what you need out on the floor. But it can't. I, I just can't see. I don't understand Ojale. I just think he, he's. You got to stop going to him. He doesn't do anything. Big games, he cannot hit shots, man. He he'll hit he'll hit twenty threes against the Atlanta Hawks. But when it comes to a, a good team, he bricks them all. He's looking for his offense more than he ever has, and it's just not coming. It's just nothing is changing at all with him. So, yeah, I'd say Grant Williams, and Grant Williams is actually shooting from three and, like, making shots. So I think it's got to be Grant Williams. Is that who you're going with, Ty, or is it Romeo? I got to go with Romeo. Are you kidding me? <laughs> of course. Got to go with Romeo. Of course you do. All right. So prediction time, Matt. You were the one who was most indecisive coming into the playoffs about where the Celtics were going to finish. Obviously, we all thought they were going to get here. Do you think it's the Raptors or the Celtics, and in how many games? That's tough. I would, I would say, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Celtics in seven. How about that? I'll be the difference. I'll be someone that's different from everybody else. <laughs> really putting your neck out on the line there. Okay. Yeah. Ty, where, uh, where are you going? Um, so when Raptors in seven, no Gordon Hayward. You get extra days for uh, Kyle Lowry to get that ankle healthy. I think it's too much for Raptors in seven, and I would even lean towards Raptors in six. So Raptors in six is your final final decision. I, I go, I'd go seven, but with the with the layoff and the rest for Kyle Lowry, I'm even leaning towards six. But I'll go seven. You're going seven, okay? Ah, all right. I'm gonna go. I am gonna go. 
you know what? Coming into this series and my predictions throughout all this, it was Raptors, 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 and I'm changing my mind. I'm going to go with Celtics in seven. I think Tatum and Brown are going to go off, and I think Kemba Walker is going to create fits for those two guards. I honestly do. I think Kemba Walker is going to be, as much as you can't say he's going to be the X factor because he's such an important player, I think that from where he had been and dealing with all his injuries, I think he's going to end up being too much for the Raptors to handle. He's going to help open things up for everybody in this series. So I'm going with the Celtics in seven. All right. right. Normally at this point, when we're at the end of the show, I ask you guys if there's anything else that you uh, want to touch on. But first I have one, one thing. um, Well, two things, Cliff Robinson passed away the day we're recording this and he played for the Blazers. Ness, he was a little bit before our time. He got drafted when we weren't even born yet, but obviously that's that's sad. And then Chadwick Bozeman, who I know Matt, you're you know you're a big Black Panther fan, and I love the MCU and everything. And he's an outstanding actor. The guy played Third Marshal, Black Panther, uh, Jackie Robinson, and uh, there are other big names that he portrayed on big screen. And I, I know when when celebrities you know pass away, some people are like, well, you you didn't know the person, but we we experienced it with Kobe earlier in the year, and it was devastating. And when I saw the news about Chadwick Bozeman, I was uh, I was stunned. I was beside myself. And I, I just, 2020 sucks. It sucked already. It just continues to get worse. And I'm just glad we have basketball to watch now, but it just, this stuff's it's freaking bullshit. I'm getting tired of this, this crap, but do you guys have anything else before we go? No, the Bruins suck. Their season's over. Yes, I agree with you. Matt, They're you got so anything? <laughs> they do suck. You got, you got anything, Matt? Miami Heat's going to upset the Bucks. Oh, oh, I like that. Okay. Can, can, can you elaborate a little bit on that? I think the Bucks overrated, and I think the Miami Heat have what it have what it takes to beat the Bucks in the sense of like I think if you have if you are a good three point shooting team, that's how you beat the Bucks. That's that's what the Magic did in Game One, and that's why I think uh, and they actually played pretty good defense in that game. But their three point shooting beat them, and I think Miami Heat has all that uh, in there their own offensive game that will – I think that will, that will take down the Bucks. I do. And I okay. think Jimmy Butler is a country fan. Like, you know, Fry likes country music. So, with Jimmy Butler, guys. So, I got to rock with Jimmy Butler. Of course. Got to go with Jimmy Butler. All right. We will talk to you all after the Celtics game on Sunday, which starts at 1. What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be alright with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I got no resolutions. I'm just hoping for some. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 